the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. WHK Cleveland, a service of Salem Media Group. Broadcasting from the Discount Drug Mart Studios. Proud to be celebrating over 50 years as your hometown. The following program's views, claims, or representations may not reflect those of AM 1420 The Answer or Salem Media Group. When it comes to your investments and retirement, in this economy, it's important to be smart. And with the Smart Investor Hour heard right here on AM 1420 The Answer, you'll get both smart and intelligent information you'll need to help with your investing. So sit back, listen, and learn with your host of the Smart Investor Hour, Tim Hayes of RBC Wealth Management. Good afternoon, everybody. What a beautiful day. What a beautiful day. You know, you, Ohio gets about 20 or 30 of these a year, and it's worth staying here for it. <laughs> anyway, let's start thinking. Okay, it's an important thing. Let's start thinking. Endurance is one of the most difficult disciplines, but it is the one who endures that final victory comes to. Don't pray for lighter burdens, but for stronger backs. Nothing endures but personal qualities. In the wild struggle for existence, We have to have something that endures, so we fill our minds. Isn't that great? One last one. A lie has speed, but truth has endurance. There we go. So anyway, I was uh, I I talked to some people this week, and you know, uh, if you want to get any material that we talk about on the show, you go to the WHK's webpage, right? WHK fourteen twenty. The answer. And you go to local podcast down to the Smart Investor Show, and it goes right to my webpage, which uh, is really good. But I had uh, three people so far sign up for our uh, wealth plan as a prospective person, okay? Hopefully, they'll come do business with us. Uh, Two of them did not put their expenses in, which doesn't do you very much good. So I'm saying that out loud now to those people. I suggested that I sent them both emails, let them know. People say, why do you need a wealth plan? Well, I hate to tell you this, but, you know, if you're doing a wealth plan and you're 50 or you're 60 and you're in great health, that's good. But there's some hidden costs to aging. Okay? There's retirement. There's wealth. You know, there's some retirement realities. Okay? Sometimes you have to do in-home remodeling. Sometimes you have to do in-home health care, in-home support. Sometimes it's assisted living. Sometimes it's a skilled nursing facility. Those are unexpected events, okay? Uh, and they're expensive. So whatever your costs are now, you have to look and say, okay, some of these costs are going down, but some of my costs are going up. And that's what Wealth Plans does. That, what we do is we calculate all that information so that you can have a better feel of, am I going to make it, am I not, okay? But, you know, housing's a lot different. Um, there's lots of different housing options. Uh, you know, you got to formulate a plan. And, well, let's just put it this way. I, I think that uh, if I was a betting man, I would bet uh, that things change pretty rapidly for you. Uh, you know, by the way, if you want to sit down and talk about your wealth plan, go to, go to my webpage. Just hit the contact me, email me. It even has my telephone number. I, I pick it up uh, pretty regularly, actually. Um you know, last week we had kind of a surprise theme from our good friend, Lori Calvacina, who's our head strategist. She said, I'm, I'm all in for small caps. Wow. Then I started looking at some of the charts and some of the ETFs. And I said, wow. So maybe small caps are leading. And if they do, it's a good thing. But, you know, it's amazing. A lot of people were at 5,100, including Lori. Uh, Tom Lee and a bunch of other people. It was only one real analyst uh, who was real negative on the market. And, and unfortunately, uh, he, he had been negative for a while. So it's kind of like, you know, uh, <laughs> the, even a, you know, a, a stop, a watch that stopped 
is right twice a day, right? So he's finally right. God bless him. He's, you know, give, you give him all the credit in the world, but he had been negative for a pretty long time. All right. So it's hard to keep with those, but a lot of people have come back on that $5,100 number. And now they're talking 4,200 on the S&P 500. So we'll see what happens, but you know, look, I, I, I was listening to the, uh, the FMOC meeting and, and, and I thought Tom Parcelli hit it right on that the head. Now, Tom's our chief economist, and he said, hope comes in assortment of different flavors. And when it comes to monetary policy, hope is a tricky thing to latch onto. Ain't that the truth? But it was not lost on those who were listening to Powell this week. And uh, we're going to beat up inflation is what he said. And I haven't heard him that you know aggressive in a long time. So up until that day, the, there has been conversation around what exactly the Fed wants to see the inflation front. Some folks I wondered if they just keep on hiking until inflation gets to 2%. Uh, as we said, that never struck us as a reasonable or practical idea. If they did, the hiking cycle would go on meaningfully longer than is currently appreciated by the markets, in my humble opinion. But, you know, my view, and I think Tom's view too, and I, I, I listened to him speak this week, and I thought he was really smart. I mean, he's really smart anyway, but I mean, he really hit it on the, I guess, the nail on the head. They don't want to hike rates that aggressively for that long. You know, I think Powell gave us some some sense. You know, he said, we'll be making our policy stance will be set at a level, ultimately, at which we are confident inflation is going to move down to 2%, which means he doesn't know yet. Okay. Uh, and I like that. But look, I did see several, I, I saw some changes, you know, like, and this is hard because we've had several leadership changes. The drug stocks were leading. They fell to the wayside last week, just just for a short period of time, I think. Um, and and what we had was we had oil, we had solar really break. As a matter of fact, alternative energy looks like it's a hugely tradable you know thing. And I'm gonna, I mean, I did my charts this morning. And I'm probably gonna be looking that way uh, going forward. But oil and gas picked up, uh, and consumer discretionary, which we haven't talked about in a while, but one thing I noticed is a lot of the small cap stocks look better than the large cap stocks right now, which is unusual. So I'm going to recommend to everybody that we have our capital markets, our U.S. small cap growth idea list. Uh, growth seems to have broken the downtrend line versus value, which may mean they both go up sometime in the future. But uh, that might be a good list to have. Remember, we always talk about our dividend growth list. You want to buy yield when it's up and, the, and whatever you're buying, is the price of it's down. That's the case in a lot of dividend growth stocks right now, and also the prime income list. Now, I uh, I stuck around in Intel too long. You know, we took it off the the prime income list a while back, and I should have sold it. But uh, sometimes I stay with these things. I probably stayed too long. Um, and the question is, is the dividend still intact? And I, you know, I got a call in Friday. I haven't heard back from those people, so we'll see what happens. But look, um, we had a big data week. All right. Uh, on the 27th, we had the FMOC meeting. If you haven't heard yet, they, they raised 75 basis points. This is the first time in history that we've had two 75 basis point hikes going into economic numbers that are declining. Ought to be interesting. Okay. Uh, the second thing we had was GDP, uh, and it was, it was negative. And then the third thing we had was an inflation number, which came in they were looking for 0.9%. It came in 1.1, almost 1.2. So, um, you know, you're starting to see some stuff that uh, you're starting to see some numbers that are coming down. Let's just put it that way. And I think that's what's uh, what's interesting. Now, some of them are going to be lagging indicators. Okay. And that's, but, you know, the the uh, leading economic indicators have come down pretty hard and, and, uh, the housing prices will probably be last because that's what it, you know. People don't believe that their house just went down thirty five thousand dollars. Now, the, you know, will the Fed Reserve kill the stock market bounce? That's the question. And you know, the problem is right now is that you just had a seventy five basis point move. Nobody's going to figure that out for another six months. So the market will tell us, you know, in in you know what what's going to happen now. Look, I, I was listening to Funstrat this week, and there's some smart people there. 
they don't always agree. I like that. But Tom Lee says the bottom is in. That was that big move back in the first week of June, or uh, yeah, for, first week of June. And then uh, Newton, who's their uh, tech guy, took over for Rob Slimer, thinks 3,600 will be. And Gould is, thinks the 3,650 to 3,700. And Rauscher, who's kind of a, you know, a, a generalist, uh, thinks 3,500 or lower in three to five months. So I think everybody in the world is thinking that way. And, and the problem is, look, is this a bounce or is it the real thing? And that's the question. I forgot, this is a live show. So if you have any questions, you want to call in. The number here is 216-901-0945. That's 216-901-0945. So, uh, look, the biggest thing I saw this week is that the NASDAQ broke above the old high. Now, it, I think what's going to happen is, you know, when we start new months, the they've been downers <laughs> for like the last eight months. So we'll see if August starts out that way and we have a, you know, uh, a dip, but if we have a dip and it, then it turns around, uh, we could be setting up for a head and shoulders movement. So we'll see what happens. Uh, um, but look, there's some things I saw indeed.com. Uh, the data there shows the job market continues to soften sharply down. I mean, Ford just laid off 8,000 people and a couple other com- companies like that. Uh, now, they also I also saw that, the, you know, rents could rise for some time, but the leading indicators, they're rolling over, folks. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm watching this stuff closely. And then Hopper.com shows travel prices, pricing is basically tanking big time. So uh, we'll see what happens, um, you know, going forward. But look... Um, Russia just turned down the gas flow on Nord Stream, yet the markets rallied. Uh, when bad news doesn't take the markets down, it, it's usually time to start reassessing your viewpoint. Now, the bullish percent was up almost 10% this week, and we'll talk about that later in the show, but that's that's pretty interesting. And, you know, Tom Lee thinks this is the August 1982 b- bottom, okay? Now, I remember buying stocks into that, and... Uh, you know, that was back when, fortunately, the, the client didn't get their confirmation for a couple of days because they mailed it out then. <laughs> and people were down, you know, like I was buying Gillette and a few other names, and people were down like 10% before they got their, you know, as they got their confirm, and I'd, I'd get a nasty phone call, you know. Uh, but three years later, I look like a genius, okay? Uh, so are we? I don't know. Uh, you know, during Volcker's war on inflation, equities bottomed in, in August of, of 20, uh, 1982. Uh, that was two months before Volcker abandoned those anti-inflation measures. By the way, the, the yields then were 15% or something like that. So we'll see what happens uh, going forward. It, things could get really interesting there. Um, you know, one of the things um, I, I saw improvements in were the QQQ and the IWM, which is the small cap area. And, and I really like the charts. Uh, on a, uh, There's better looking small caps than that. And I'm not going to tell you what it is. That's for my clients. But um, it, it was very interesting to see it. Um, I also am starting, you know, I, I've been reading a lot of the supply chain stuff and I'm seeing some easing. Now, the problem is, the, they're starting to get the product, but they got to get the workers in to work. <laughs> so what I think the, the 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 government has done is turn a lot of the people into good little socialists by letting them stay home and get checks. Uh, so, but you're starting to see some of the supply chain problems start to lessen, and that could be very very big. Uh, we'll see what happens. But I mean, if you look, the, the high was. Uh, you know, when we talked about the supply chain index was at 4351, it's now at 2400. So it's really, I mean, it's the best since 2021. So that, that's a big positive. So we'll see what happens going forward. Now, one of the things I, I had a call from Keith and Keith and I talked, th- uh, was it Thursday or Friday? I can't remember which day. They all, they all start to melt together. Um, but Keith asked me, Tim, what about the FANG stocks? And look, I, I, I my opinion on the FANG stocks is most of them, uh, you know, Meta may have a hard time. I like Meta, but I, 
I mean, it's trading 11 times earnings and all that stuff. And I'm not saying buy it, okay, because they're having some problems. But most of them are in the eighth or ninth inning of a brutal. And I'm saying this was, look, I've been doing this a long time. And this is one of the most brutal uh, multiple compressions I have ever seen. And I've been, look, I've been through 1987. My wife told me she was pregnant on Friday before the the, uh, 1987 crash. You know, (laughs) you get a 25% hiccup in the market and you're sitting there wondering how you're going to pay for this baby, you know, right? So you start to lose your mind a little bit. But the multiple compression in the market, fangs or no fangs, I mean, especially in technology, has been unbelievably significant. I mean, look, the NASDAQ composite went down 36.5%. That's an index, folks. There's 3,655 stocks in that index. That means if Apple's only down 15%, Microsoft's only down 15%, some other stocks are flat, some stocks are up, believe it or not, T-Mobile was up for the year. Uh, There's a lot of stocks down 80 90%. A lot of stocks down 60 70%. As a matter of fact, the average stock in the NASDAQ is down some 60 plus percent. So this is one of the most brutal multiple compressions I've ever seen. And the question is, where do we go from here? Okay. Now, look, I've been talking about this healthcare conference, and this goes back to May, all right, but it's still got some good names. A lot of people is talking about healthcare now. Now, they pulled back the last couple of days because uh, people are talking about growth. We'll see what happens if that continues on. But I think you got to, well, let's put it this way. Well, let me just, this is not going to be your average earnings season, okay? You better make your numbers, all right? Uh, With the economy decelerating, you know, the the second quarter results should shed shed some light on the earnings per share and sales data that we're talking about. Now, some companies have held up very, very well. Just remember, we just raised the discount rate by three three quarters of a percent. Okay, I'm not discounting the Fed funds rate. I'm sorry. Uh, so, inflation, looking backwards, was raging. The Fed aggressively hiking rates, and they haven't said they're done yet. I mean, we we took all what Powell said on one line. The market rallied 500 points. So, you know, look in the next days and weeks. There's a lot of earnings news coming up, and it could shape the market's near-term path. So you got to remember that. There's six things, I think. You know, There's some high earnings hurdles over last year's. There's going to be some high-profile misses. Uh, you know, Baker Hughes missed. J.P. Morgan missed. Uh, uh, um, IBM missed badly. Carnival Cruise, AT&T. There's going to be a lot of profit margin scrutiny. Just to say that you made their numbers is doesn't matter right now, okay? People are going to be looking very carefully at what's going on. Uh, there's going to be lower beat rates. You're going to beat, but you're not going to beat by as much. And there's going to be some really interesting sector distortion. You know, uh, if the energy sector, if they really think things are going to go crazy, you know, whatever. Financials, you really kind of got to beat your estimates. Uh, you know, I've been noticing that the regional banks are beating more than the, the, the big banks, okay? Uh, now, and, you know, so there's a lot of stuff going on here. All right. So why don't we take a break and we'll be right back. The number here is 216-901-0945. Stay tuned. At RBC Wealth Management, we are proud of our reputation for putting clients' interests first. Our steadfast commitment to helping clients achieve their financial goals includes giving back to the communities we serve. Through supporting youth education, human services, and the arts, we hope to make tomorrow better for everyone. Call Tim Hayes at 216-774-8906. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC, member NYSC, FINRA, SIPC. Here we go. My Pillow is having their biggest sale of the year. You've helped build My Pillow into the amazing company that it is today, and now Mike Lindell, inventor and CEO, wants to give back exclusively to our listeners. The Percale bed sheet is now available in a variety of colors and sizes, and they're on sale. For example, a queen size, regularly priced 89.98. 
Now only $39.98 with the listener promo code BOOTH. But order now because when they're gone, they're gone. The Percale bedsheets are breathable, have a crisp, cool feel, and they come with a 10-year warranty, 60-day money-back guarantee, so don't miss out on this incredible offer. There is a limited supply, so be sure to order now. Call 800-315-8130, use that promo code BOOTH, or head to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, but make sure you use that promo code BOOTH. That's BOOTH, B-O-O-T-H. Charlie Kirk reminds Washington that we are in charge. The respect of individual rights, that all of us are made in the image of God and that the people are the sovereign and that the people in charge, senators, congressmen, governors, mayors, county clerks, they're there because of the permission of their voters. The voters have the power. The people are sovereign. That's a big deal. The Charlie Kirk Show, weekdays at noon, right before Dennis Prager at 1 on AM 1420. The answer. Or on iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey. You know that. Okay, a little Paul McCartney. I, my wife took me and my kids to see him, and uh, it's uh, great when you sing every song with your kids <laughs> to the concert. Anyway, uh, we do have Jason on the line. Jason, how are you? I'm doing good, Scott. How about you? Um, I'm okay. It's Tim, though. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Scott, it's Tim. I'm sorry. Scott's my cousin. <laughs> okay. That's all right. I've been called worse. <laughs> hey, hey, I wanted to ask you. Um, I know you had mentioned about a lot of the a lot of the stocks in the Nasdaq coming down. Uh, many of them, maybe you know, eighty or ninety percent of them. I guess my my question is though, with this earnings compression, has the do you think that the market is really Priced in the fact of the of earnings are, are most likely going to to come down for a, a large amount of companies, and I know they're reporting now, and some look okay. But my concern is you had supply chain constraints affecting their earnings. You know, in the second uh, quarter results, um, third quarter results, I think may be impacted by a little bit of the of the inflation now with the interest rates going up and people getting laid off. You haven't seen any of the demand destruction yet to affect the earnings. And I guess my concern is, what do you think is a, is a also a fair multiple for the uh, S&P 500? I, it seems like we're higher than our, our historical uh, price-to-earnings ratio would normally be. Well, you know, as far as that's concerned, it all depends on interest rates. Okay? So you got to remember, we're, just, we're still at historical lows in interest rates. So... Interest rates go up, price-earnings ratios go down. Uh, but look, what what you've said has been said two thousand times. Okay, I mean, all you got to do is listen to CNBC, you know. And if you don't split your wrist or jump out a window, uh, you know, it's all been said. So you know that, Jason. I know it. The market knows it. Okay, so the market is anticipating all that good stuff six months to nine months ahead of time. And you know what? The market started correcting hard in October of last year, last week of October. I, I could see it. You know, we, we actually went parabolic on the NASDAQ. Okay. So you could see it crumbling. But when you have a stock down 70, 80%, 90%, I don't think there's much, you know, risk left in them. The risk was last year at this time, we were at 80% on the, uh, you know, the, the bullish percent. So now the bullish percent's at 40. It's, it's short term, it's on a buy signal. Long term, I think we pull back one more time. Uh, it, I don't know where from, but we'll probably pull back. So everybody knows what, what you just said. I'm guaranteeing you. All right. So, okay. You know, one more you know, quick thing I want. Is it in the market? Yeah. One more thing I wanted to ask about with the interest rate you mentioned. Typically, don't you have to raise the interest rate? Of slightly above the inflation to kill it, like isn't that the Taylor rule? And I guess I'm just concerned because we're we're not even at what three percent, and inflation still, even if it comes down and you, maybe it comes down to seven something here in the next print. I mean, don't we have a, a ways to go with hiking interest rates? Well, it depends. If the Democrats get their way and spend another trillion dollars, probably. Yeah. 
that's that's I mean, I, I've never seen uh, Congress be so lackadaisical with the risk of overspending ever in my my life. So and I'm I'm not a spring chicken. You know what I mean? So it's it's <laughs> yeah. it's it's, uh, it's nuts. But, uh, you know, when you drop four and a half trillion dollars into the economy, uh, I mean, that's that's a 38 percent increase in the in the uh, M2 right there. You know, you're going yeah. to have inflation. If they drop another trillion, trillion and a half, you're going to have more inflation. So, you know, just uh, you got to wonder wh- who, what you vote for in uh, in the fall. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, when you when you spend yeah. money and you call it, you would call it an inflation killing bill, and you spend money, uh, I think we're 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 getting into 1984 territory here. Well, maybe, but you know the the look. One of the things that I mean the book about this, and, and Tim, yeah, Tim, I mean yeah, the book. I understand. <laughs> I understand. I understand. Uh, you know, one of the things that everybody's talking about is uh, you know the supply chain. Hey, I, I've said this three weeks in a row, Jason. There are four railroad cars sitting outside Target in Macedonia right now, okay? They're sitting there full of merchandise. You look at, you know, they're, they're worried uh, about a couple of the, you know, the big wholesalers that, you know, buy the, the extra goods that they have. Now they have too much inter- and, uh, inventory. TJ Maxx bought just a ton of inventory just recently. So there's a lot of inventory out there. Prices normally do not go up during periods like that. Okay, so we'll yeah, see. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, thanks, Jason. Thank you, uh, Tom. Like a, all right. So the number here two one six nine zero one zero nine four five. So the problem here is, as Jason just mentioned, is that the Fed and the policymakers are are basing rate hike cuts or, or increases based on data dependency on dour data. <laughs> so, you know, the, the Fed policymakers have left guidance for the markets uh, in favor of meeting a, you know, meeting by meeting approach. Uh, so, you know, how good is your guess is the next thing. But look, I looked and I said to myself, Kim, you know, because that's how I talk to myself, right? <laughs> And I said, hey, the NASDAQ just broke above the old high. Now, if we come back and make a higher low, man, that would be really positive. So don't get too negative. Remember, you can't drive a car through the rearview mirror. All right? You've got to look through the windshield. Okay? Now, the rearview mirror is an important tool in driving the car. So aren't the side mirrors. But you've got to look forward. Okay? And, and uh Leave it at that. But look, the breath was unbelievable last week. Okay, um, and I I didn't bring this up because I didn't have time on the other show. But you know, we we had one day where it was like thirteen to one. All right, last week, not uh, the week before. I'm sorry, that's really positive. So you know, I, I think um, you're seeing the market breath pick up now. What we'd like to do is see. Uh, you know, more of it, obviously, but uh, it, it was especially prominent in small names. So we'll just keep that, you know, uh, going. And uh, so I, I think, you know, you, you can't be, you, you can't be totally negative. Everybody's you know, very, very negative. I mean, look, if you look at uh, candlesticks, you know, we, we had a white candlestick. We haven't had a white candlestick since the, you know, middle of March. Uh, so, and the one candlestick, the white candlestick exceeded the top of the red candlestick. And, you know, I'm, look, I'm looking at a, a longer-term chart here, but that's a big positive, okay? So when you break out above that, that's really positive. Now, I would suggest that what may happen is that, you know, we pull back one more time and make kind of a, uh, you know, a head and shoulders type, you know, move. Uh, but, you know, then again, I'm, I am not by any stretch of the imagination, uh, you know, a market guru, okay? So, it's just something that I think you have to pay uh, closer attention to. Um, and, and, you know, I just say July ended with a big bang, you know, a positive bang. And and so we had healthcare leading, and all of a sudden we've got solar, you know, because of the bill. We've got technology, and we've got consumer discretionary stocks starting to take off. I mean, gold even got a bid. 
gold's been, you know, gold held, by the way, uh, but copper and the basic, most of the basic materials did not. So, um, I don't know, you know, you, you, you got to watch and, 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 and listen over the next couple of weeks and be, you know, uh, especially, I think you want to be paying very close attention, but you know, the, the AD time, uh, line, um, if I, if I adjust it, you know, the New York Stock Exchange ratio adjusted AD line uh, against job openings. Um, the A, you know, the AD line, it, it's kind of a, it's, it's not, it's, not, it's positive, but it's not terribly positive. Let's just put it that way. Okay. So we'll just leave it at that. Now, um, look, I, I was looking at a few things and, and, and Rob Schleimer today, you know, he's been talking about, Hey, you know, we're close to a bottom, but I can't ring the bell yet. All right. And, uh, you still can't ring the bell cause you need a higher low or you need to break the downtrend line, which is way up around 4,100, I think even 4,200 maybe on the S and P 500. But if you have a higher low, that would be the first sign that, hey, things are starting to, you know, be better, okay? And the fact that we rallied off of bad news, I mean, we rallied in the face of a three-quarter point hike. That's that's interesting to me. And, uh, you know, the NASDAQ, like I said, broke above some key levels. And that's very interesting because the, the growth stocks have just been absolutely, you know, creamed. And the 10-year yield uh, continues to show some evidence of peaking, for now anyway. Uh, I don't think it's peaked completely. I think what it's doing is when you break a downtrend line after 40 years, you go up and you test that downtrend line again, okay, which would be about 2, 2.2, 2.3. The dollar is the same way. Hey, let's, uh, let's take a real quick break. Uh, remember, the number here is 216-901-0945. We'll be right back with a bullish percent. Stay tuned. When it comes to managing your retirement, it's easy to get lost. Look to RBC Wealth Management to guide you. Our experienced, knowledgeable financial advisors will build your investment strategy by designing a plan that's tailored to your unique financial needs. Call Tim Hayes at 216-774-8906. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC. Member NYSE, FINRA, SIPC. Visit rbcwealthmanagement.com. I'll always remember Andy's first words to me. I didn't even know we had an ad on Craigslist. Not good when you're calling about a Craigslist job posting. Despite that, we talked for hours and Andy hired me right there on the spot. I was the first non-family member plumber in the business, but it felt like I was immediately adopted into their family. It still feels that way for me and everybody at Wyattworks. It's why Mama Ruth still cooks breakfast for everyone. The best part of being a plumber here is the support you get from everybody. One of the earliest solo jobs I had was working in a mansion with a huge indoor pool and a super fancy water heater system. So I called Andy for some advice. He dropped what he was doing, drove over an hour and a half, and trained me and showed me what to do. And that's not an exception. That's typical. We want to get things wallacadoodle perfect for our customers. I'm Jamal, and if you're a plumber that wants in, skip the Craigslist ad, call us direct. And Consider it done at wyamworks.com. License number 30185. Car due for an oil change? We've got you covered with a deal you don't want to miss. Hey friends, it's Christine, and you can score an oil change and tire rotation from Ganley, Chevy, and Aurora for half off. Car maintenance doesn't have to be expensive when you get to NortheastOhioDeals.com. Northeast Ohio Deals. Savings at your fingertips. Okay, we're back. We're back. If you're uh, just tuned in, this is Smart Investor Show. And if you'd like to sit down and, and review your portfolio and do a wealth plan, and by, by the way, we our prospective clients can now do wealth plans. I would suggest, though, if you are a prospective client, that you make sure the expenses are in there, too, because, like I said earlier in the show, as you age, things change. You know, you have to, you know, suddenly you find yourself putting up railings in your house and things like that. And uh, it's unfortunate, but it's the way the way of the world. And uh, so you need to have expenses in there so we can compare your expenses as they go away and as they move up. But it's all you have to do is go to WHK1420 local podcast down to the smart investor show it goes directly to my web page 
and just hit the contact me or email me. Uh, by the way, while you're there, look at the insights column. Got good stuff in there. I mean, really good stuff. And also, uh, you know, Rob Schleimer, and uh, we have a newsletter, and Rob Schleimer under bulletin board. So uh, stay stay tuned on that one. You know, obviously, we had the Fed uh, raise rates by 75 basis points. And uh, the decision moves the Fed's funds rate back to its highest level since December of 2018, when the Fed had uh, to notoriously pivot it back, <laughs> you may recall, the lower rates after the market slipped over 9% during the month. While the Fed is raising rates to that level, the economic environment with rate, you know, inflation reaching its highest level in decades, the Fed has telegraphed its decision on hiking rates to combat inflation. They, I don't think they've said no yet. Okay. So look, the downtrend line on the Fed funds rate is at 250. That also coincides with the neutral rate that the Fed was talking about. So uh, if you did a point and figure chart, that would be, by the way, the bullish price objective. Kind of interesting, you know. Um, anyway, I, I I I still get people calling me about uh, Ethernet and, and Bitcoin, and I said they stopped going down, so there's a nice recovery going on. Uh, how big? I don't know. You know, you that's for you guys. Uh, but we do talk about the bullish percent, which is our main risk guide, and the bullish percent is a. It's always kept me from doing dumb things. Okay, and like back when we were 80 uh, last year, I raised some cash for a lot of people. And some I did do I, I did have a problem in that a lot of the stocks that I buy are our best analysts, best ideas. And they got beat up pretty bad. Okay, uh, in some cases. So um, some cases they held up extremely well. And that was the problem, figuring out which was which, you know. Um, however, um, what it does is when, you know, we were at 25 two weeks ago, you know, I, I bought some Berkshire Hathaway for some people. Okay. I, I bought a few stocks, not for everybody, but people who actually, I, I just had three new accounts come in and I, I bought, I bought some healthcare stocks because I still think healthcare has improved drastically. So, uh, that, you know, my humble opinion, that'll be a good place to be coming, going forward. Um, but anyway, so, the bullish percent was simply designed as a risk management tool. Goes from zero to 100. When you're above 70, that's the red zone. That's when everybody's talking about their portfolio. That's when you should be cautious. When somebody comes up to you at a party and says, man, I made a killing in the stock market, go check the bullish percent. It's over 70. Sell everything. Uh, not sell everything, but be, be more careful is what I'm trying to say. When you get below 30, where we were just a week and a half ago. I mean, if you listen to CNBC, you know, you'd be jumping out your window, okay? You'd be looking for a bridge to jump off of, okay? So, and suddenly, we're at 40, and we're in a column of X's. Bingo, all right? Now, I think there's going to be an opportunity, one more opportunity on a pullback, and I think that'll be when we break, you know, there's two things that we look at at the bullish percent, a short-term buy signal and a long-term buy signal. The short-term buy signals here, we're waiting for the long-term buy, buy signal. And I really like the idea that, you know, the small caps were leading the way this week. Um, you know, they were up, they hit 30%, so they've, got, they've gone from below 30. They've got down to 16, you may recall. And now they're above 30, which is very positive. So now we have all three of the groups we look at, the New York Stock Exchange bullish, uh, uh, bullish percent, which is you know, a lot of stocks, by the way. Uh, the over-the-counter index and the world index, was which was up five and went into a column of X's. So on a short-term basis, remember this, the short-term indicators gave us, gave us the buy signals this week. All right. Now, if you look at the S&P 500, which have been in a downtrend, on a 20-point scale, if I look at it in a, in a point-and-figure chart, it has finally broken its downtrend line. That's a big positive. So things are getting better. Uh, by the way, that happened Friday. So, you know, I, I, I talked to a couple of clients Friday afternoon and, uh, um, I didn't eat, I didn't see this until, you know, late, like five o'clock Friday. Okay. So, um, one of the things that happened I, that I really like is that the money market, if I look at the S and P 500 versus the money market on a relative strength basis, 
for the first time in almost four or five months, as of today, the money market fell below 25%. So it might be time to start to put some, some money to work. Uh, I also, you know, one of the things when you look at the 50-day and the 200-day moving average, remember, back in, uh, uh, was it, uh, just three weeks ago, there was only 3% of the stocks were above their 50 and 200-day moving average. Now, now there's 49%. So that can happen two ways. Number one, some are going up, which is true. Some of them aren't going down anymore. Okay, so the 50 days started to turn back up. So it'll be interesting to see, uh, you know, we're still below those uh, in some cases, uh, like, you know, uh, on the S&P and, and other things. But, you know, the S&P had, we had a death cross, I think, a while back. And that's where the, the 50 crosses over the 200. Uh, and it shed like 15%, or, yeah, 12, 13, 14%, maybe, uh in that period of time. So that's, you know, the death cross worked this time. Uh, we'll see what happens. That happened back in June, by the way. Um, and, and now it's, you know, it might be over, who knows. But anyway, the dynamic asset level investing, this is what we do. What we do is we're ranking sectors by relative strength. Consumer non-cyclical or staples are still number one. Financials are number two. Financials, I, I like some of them. Uh, some of them I don't like, and it depends on what they said in their earnings call. All right? It's very important. But the regional banks are doing better than the big banks right at the moment, although uh, they're tough to buy. Okay? Utilities are number three. Industrials are number four. Real estate's number five. And energy's number six. And energy had a big day on Friday. Uh, energy and solar, big days on Friday. And same with uh, uh, consumer non-cyclical, which is i.e. retail. All right, the, the the group that had the most improvement was healthcare again this week. So uh, it's improving. So you kind of got to equal weight it, but you got to at least have some of it. And utilities are overweight. Communication services were weakening up until Friday, and then you know we had a couple big numbers come out, um, and a couple of the names got beat up, and a couple of names rallied. So I'm not exactly sure. The relative strength picture for broad uh, international equity country representatives remains largely unchanged. Uh, the asset class continues to sit in fifth position out of six areas examined in dynamic asset level investing. Uh, remember, it was commodities, cash, domestic equities, and then bonds, then international equities, and then currencies. All right, cash and domestic equities have flipped. So uh, commodities are still up there, but they got beat up pretty bad. So we'll see what happens. But oil reversed up, so it'll be interesting to see. Now, one of the things, a lot of people were talking about the Chinese stocks, and, and I, I own a few. I don't own a lot. But um, they have improved on their 50-day moving average, okay? But it's because they have stopped going down, all right? So that's what I said about the, our stocks, you know? So it's kind of hard to uh, say, hey, go out and buy all these Chinese stocks. They've stopped going down, which is a good sign, okay, uh, for those people who like Chinese stocks. Now, the Federal Reserve wrapped up its meeting, and, you know, I thought it was interesting that the equity market reacted positively to the news. It closed up, you know, the S&P 500 closed up 2.5% that day. And longer-term yields moved lower. The 10-year 10, 10 and the 30-year both moved lower. And they actually broke support, and then, then they rallied back up right after that. So the day of the meeting, they broke to two, uh, 2.725 on the 10-year, and then they rallied back up at 2.8. So kind of a weird thing. Uh, High-yield spreads also moved lower, which was really interesting, too. So uh, I haven't seen anything out of the commodity area very positive. As a matter of fact, most of the, in, you know, the commodity indexes have been negative for like 17 weeks. Corn's been getting beat up. Uh, gold has has been negative for five weeks and it's probably the, the shining light in the group. Uh, oil has been negative for seven weeks and copper for six weeks. And like I said, corn for 17 weeks. So that's a long time in the market. So it, it'll be interesting to see 
uh, you know, what happens in the next couple of weeks. Because commodities remain the top asset class in dynamic asset level investing, but we'll, we'll see. And, and by the way, I, you know, I had a caller last week, and I can't remember his name, but he, he asked about, you know, CDs. And the two- and five-year CDs are really looking good, and we have a huge list of them uh, for banks all over the country, all right? So there's some really good-looking stuff out there uh, if that's what you want to do. You want to park the money, okay? So um, it, it, it gets – I think things are getting kind of interesting here um, because I'm not sure uh, – you know, I don't think anybody's sure where we're going from here, okay? So, look, I I, I – was looking at things on a weekly basis and it, you know, on a macro view, the U S equity markets continue to show evidence of bottoming intermediate term. And, and tactically after reaching some deeply oversold levels, the question is, are we turning up from oversold levels only to get whacked one more time, you know, because they did just raise interest rates. Okay. We have never raised interest rates three quarters of a point twice in a row. Never. All right. Volcker did it a couple months apart and he jacked them up quick, but he, he jacked them up by a percentage point, but he, he gave them two or three months apart. Okay. Uh, so, you know, he did jack them up. Don't get me wrong. And, uh, you know, so, but we've never done this while the economic numbers are going down. Okay. So we'll see what happens. But look, I, I think on the positive side, the NASDAQ, the Russell 2000, and many other indices are stabilizing near their 200-week moving averages. That's very important if they hold that. And, it, and I think in the short term, uh, you know, many markets, along with uh, the bellwether large-cap stocks, have rallied back to trading resistance, suggesting, you know, maybe uh, another pullback could be there. I don't know. Uh, but, uh, you know, I think it's interesting anyway. Let's put it that way. I, I do like some of the bigger names, and we'll, we'll get back to it. I do like the smaller names. Hey, let's take a break. We'll be right back. This is Mark Tester Show. Now that I've got your attention, let me tell you all about us. Whoa, tough crowd. Anybody out there? Hello, anyone? Fighting to be heard in today's competitive digital world? It's time for Salem Surround. Let us handle everything and get your message seen and heard. Let's turn up the volume on your business with Salem Surround. Visit surroundcleveland.com today. That's surroundcleveland.com. Dennis Prager says those that resent create chaos. Men give birth and defund the police are the resenters' mottos to tear all down to create chaos. If there are no police, you have chaos. If there's no difference between men and women, you have chaos. It comes from, among other things, resentment. The Dennis Prager Show. Weekdays at 1, right before Sebastian Gorka at 3 on AM 1420. The answer. And Odyssey. Wouldn't it be nice to keep income rolling in even long after you retire? At RBC Wealth Management, we can help you invest for the future that you want and create a personalized plan to help you create the steadfast flow of income you'll need throughout your retirement. Call Tim Hayes at 216-774-8906. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC, member NYSC, FINRA, SIPC. Okay, we're back. Uh, you know, we always uh, try to start out with a strategy piece, okay? And then talk a little economics and then move down to s- some specific groups. And uh, then we talk about um, insiders. Insiders know the company better than you and I. And by the way, if, if you take the insiders, and you take research, and then you add the technicals, you can do some wonderful things. Uh, maybe not in the down market, but usually you can do some wonderful things. So the insiders know their business better than we do. 
nine out of 10 times they're early. The 10th time they're right on time. So just got to write these names down. Ben Franklin Resources. Uh, this is interesting because they have been buying, uh, you know, this for some time. And here we have a big buy, uh, $25 million worth. Now, you may recall that during this week, they uh, they also have their Templeton Global Income Fund. They've been buying these big, okay? So they, they bought half a million, another half a million, another half a million, another half a million all last week. Then they bought $25 million. And they've been buying these for a couple of weeks now. And they've also been buying, the, you know, the Templeton Global Income Fund, which is interesting because, you know, these guys know the funds pretty well. They must be fairly positive. And then Health Science Acquisition Corp. Uh, you know, we had Roderick Wong, who's the chief executive officer. He went out and bought a million shares at 10. Uh, now, he owns a ton. Uh, no, I'm, actually, I'm sorry. There was another director that owned a ton. Uh, so, but he now owns a million shares. So obviously they're getting ready to make an announcement probably. And Planet Green, which is for all those people who, uh, you know, uh, like to uh, trade crazy stocks. This was $1.50 when he bought it. He bought 4.8 million shares and he is the chief executive officer. Uh, and it's now 97 cents. So he's down. He bought seven and a half million dollars or $7.2 million worth. And then uh, revolution um, media um, uh, medicine. I'm sorry. Uh, the uh, director bought 250,000 shares at 20, and uh, he's, he's already up 10%, so you know don't be chasing it, but that's kind of interesting. And then um, the president and CEO of Heritage Crystal, which is in the waste management field, he paid $27 for the stock. It's already up to 30, uh, and he bought $4 million worth. And here's, I noticed this is really interesting. Texas Capital Bank shares. Uh, uh, Robert Stallings bought, uh, he bought 2.1 million and 2.3 million of, uh, the, uh, another, uh, equity class. And then he came in and he bought another million. And then he bought another million of the other equity class. And then he did it again. So, um, that, that's kind of interesting. So I, you know, I, I look at that. He, he only bought 113,000 the last time, but, uh, of each. But I thought that was fairly interesting. He bought quite a bit. And then Jeffries, which is uh, Jeffries Financial, uh, Tom Jones, who's the director, bought $1.2 million worth. And uh, he's I think he's already up a buck. So just be careful there. And ConAgra, which had been, you know, had, they've been having a real tough time. Of all the food stocks out there, they've been having the toughest time. And they were 36. They're now 34. That's where he bought it. Uh, but one of the directors bought a uh, million dollars worth. Uh, I, I forgot to mention Revolution Me uh, Medicine. Uh, one of the directors also bought a million dollars worth earlier. Now, here's an interesting one. Uh, you know, a group that's been beat up pretty bad. Uh, this is United Airlines. They were at 50. They're now at 36.75. And Ed Shapiro, uh, she looked that name up, bought 25,000 shares twice to the tune of about 1.7 mil. All right. So, you know, that's not chump change. All right. So, uh, anyway, we, we uh, we look at these and we say to ourselves, uh, you know, which, well, where do we go from here? Okay. So I listened to Rob Schleimer and, and uh, Tom Lee and Lori Calvacina and also Mark Newton, who's at, uh, and, and, and these are two technicals, you know, one's at, at uh, Fundstrat, one's at uh, RBC, and, you know, and two strategists and it was kind of interesting but uh you, you know both i think mark and rob thought that stocks uh may have put in a good low in mid-june and believe me uh june 23rd there was only three percent of the stocks above their 50-day and 200-day moving average that's a that's a tough market all right uh treasury yields have been broken and there's a bit of weakness coming in, probably in the bottom, like at 235, 240, I think. Uh, that's where they broke out of the 40-year de decline. So we'll see what happens. But, you know, the dollar, which has been, is probably going to be a problem for some of the international companies going forward, 
is still is not showing much signs of peaking. You know, it's moved back to new highs. Remember, that broke a 36-year down, downtrend, tested the low, and then turned back up. So uh, now somebody asked me about commodities, and commodities look, you know, they, they're continuing to weaken into August. Uh, precious metals, though, you know, they look like they're bottoming, you know, or, or close. I don't know if, you know. Um, this is Tim Hayes' opinion, you know, okay, so take it with a grain of salt. Uh, I don't do anything with cryptocurrency, sorry, Mark. He keeps asking me. I just don't do it. Um, but, you know, we look, we broke the short-term downtrend line in the S&P 500, okay? That's something you got to remember, and, and that's important. Now, we, we still have the long-term line, which is, you know, still about 300 points up. So, But it's a, it's, it's a start, okay? And we've made... You know, we've broken just above the high, the last high in the NASDAQ. So we'll see what happens there. But I, I think, um, you know, uh, we're showing some signs of trending up for the second half. So we'll see what happens. Now, uh, the last five months, all but one, we started on the downside. Okay. And that would be that pullback I, I suggested that, you know, we could have. Uh, the breath indicator has lifted the levels that we haven't seen uh, in, in a while. Uh, but they're also at levels that have been short-term peaks, too. So you've got to be a little bit more careful, you know, with what you're doing. Uh, you know, look, buy things that are down, okay? Make sure they, they're coming back to you. But, look, I, I, there's some positives out there. The New York Stock Exchange advanced decline line has broken its downtrend line very positive okay it's it's also broken its short-term downtrend line now the um, new york stock exchange i'm using that because it's a much bigger indice okay we've got a lot of companies now you know at or or close to their 50-day moving average and their 200-day moving average so that are or, or the 50 days turning up because they stopped going down okay which is a positive and if you look at uh the fund manager survey we have, I mean, the indicators more risk off positioning now than it was in the middle of the global financial crisis. Okay, so that's something to think about. And the cash levels are over 6%. That's the highest we've had in 20%, 20 years. So now's not the time to get bearish. Here's what I would suggest I would suggest you go to WHK1420, okay, and go to local podcast down to the Smart Investor Show. And look, if you, sometimes you want to talk about your portfolio, and uh, I've had a lot of cash through a lot of this scenario, and or I've talked about getting cash. A lot of people didn't agree with me when I, you know, look, I told people to buy oil a year ago. Not many people agree with me. You know, in some cases, I'm up two, three hundred percent. So it's just been a, it was a great call. Uh, it wasn't just mine. You know, I'm not taking full responsibility. I listened to a lot of smart people, but. If you do a wealth plan, remember, things change as you get older, okay? Don't forget that. But let's sit down and do a wealth plan or do a portfolio review. The dividend growth portfolio, the small cap stocks, they're breaking out. We have our small cap best ideas. We have our dividend growth portfolio and our prime income list. Those are good ideas. WHK 1420, local podcast, Smart Investor Show. Let's have coffee. In the meantime, have a great weekend. It's a beautiful day. Be out there. Remember, buy low. To the Three star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to, he understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.